Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw Podcast. I am Randy. I am joined by Mr. Tron Carter, TC. feel like we haven't had one of these in a little bit. Great to have you back. How are you today? I'm great. We're getting back to basics, big. I love it. Gee, are you are you fully recovered from, from the All-Star Game festivities? Oh, my gosh. Yes. What a night. Uh, unfortunately, the American League won. I guess that'd be the only complaint. But, uh, you know, I was more into the Home Run Derby. That, that's think, disappointing. Big. Than the All-Star Game. I know you called it glorified or dumbed-down batting practice. I, no, I just I, – it's fine for most players. I think Otani's much more advanced and evolved than that though <laughs> expect more out of him uh god i was rooting for him to um to get out of the first round he he that was electric um can we talk about your rockies having the worst one of the worst like aesthetics in all of professional sports what do you think it is is it the purple and gold it's just all of it all or of not it the, i mean the black not the purple and gold the black and purple Black, purple, silver, all of it. It's just, there's just nothing distinctive about that franchise. I think they have a bad logo, I think, is the problem. Because if you break it down, like the Colorado Rockies, I, you know, maybe you could get a little cheekier with the nickname. Um, I, having never been to Coors Field until a month ago, a couple months ago, I actually like the inside of the stadium. It's really pretty. So I think for me, I get hung up on just the logo itself. That's fair. You know, and it was kind of, they came out with it. Seemed like that, what was that, 92, 94-ish? Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like all those expansion teams that came out during that time frame, Jaguars, Panthers, uh, the Rockies, Marlins. Marlins. Yeah, they all. All logos suck. <laughs> Marlins have gotten better now, but back then just sucked. So, Because it's weird because I do like – the black and purple, like uh, the Ravens uniforms when they wear the black and purple, I think looks sweet. So I don't yeah, know if it's oh, maybe just a football baseball thing, uh, but, but I'm kind of with you. Like there's something, I, I think for me, it's just that logo. Like the CR is a little boring. The gray um, and silver sucks too. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, there's just, it's totally nondescript. It's totally generic. Hate it. And you know what, while we're at it, the Broncos have probably my least favorite aesthetic in all of sports. Other than the Rockies. It's Maybe terrible. it's a Denver thing. Which they, they, they could easily go back to their throwbacks and, and be in great shape. That's the thing that makes it even worse is their old logo is so much better. Yeah. The blue, uh, the actual, the stallion. Um, all right, I'll talk to some people for you, TC. I'll see what I can, I'll see what I can do. Running up the ladder. We got to throw it to Mr. Jeezy, though. Okay, now to Mr. Jeezy. Thank you very much, Mr. Jeezy. TC, uh, I think the headliner this week is the Open Championship, but we're not we're not going across the pond. We're not. We were we were not allowed to go across the pond due to due to COVID protocols. 
Yep. Uh, my passport, I found out, is currently um, expired, so I'm working on getting a new passport. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just went in and did the TSA pre-check finally. I did that yesterday. Oh, my gosh, TC. It, um, I could use my passport because it just expired back in February of this year, but I had no idea. So um, good, good for the folks to be looking out for me. Uh, I'm going to start the renewal process straight away. Uh, yeah, I was blown away at the, at the TSA process. It was great. It was, it's going to be a true game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And especially paired, paired up with clear. So. Oh my gosh. Denver has a clear pre-check line. It's like, it's so quick. I mean, I'm excited to fly. Which, you know, Denver, you got a tough, tough thing going on there with, uh, security in general there. Just the, the whole, it's a, just a madhouse in the middle of the terminal there in the middle of the, of it's the, terrible. Yeah, it's it's you know, need to get that shit built built quickly. Well, they're they're working on it. I guess what I've heard the plan is is going to be all the security and stuff is going to move up to the sixth floor, the top level. Yeah. They're going to move all the ticketing, I think, down. Maybe um, I think it's a real safety concern right now, from what I've heard too. It's like, uh, God forbid, like a active shooter. You just have all those people. It's like a fishbowl, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, I do know that they're working on it, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, and then you get on the tram, the tram's a tough scene. I do. I like flying Delta ah. for that reason because they put Delta in a terminal and you can walk there. Love that. Yeah. The tram's been, I, I've had to wait for two or two or three the last couple of times because it's been so packed. Yeah. It's the worst. It's they, the they, worst. Def, they definitely, like for, for how much money they spent on that airport back in the mid nineties, they definitely, did all sorts of Illuminati bunker shit because there's no way they spent it on the actual airport because the airport sucks. Like so, baggage claim, you know, when it's supposed to be like the best thing ever, it's forever. it takes forever. I will say the new AMX lounge there, really good. But it's all the way out in C. Which is so hard to get. Yeah. Why did they put it in? Uh, anyway. Um, so we're not going across the pond. <laughs> uh, what other events we have this week? Is we it Corn Ferry? Uh, well, we got the Barbasol in oh, that's right. uh, Lexington. Had a lot of people reaching out on behalf of Lexington, Northern Kentucky area. Uh, that, that's Northern Kentucky, right? North Central Kentucky. Oh gosh, I bet the Lexington people would take great umbrage with that. Um, I think Lexington is not Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky is like you got to be with almost in the 275 loop to be in Northern Kentucky. That'd be like Newport or Covington. Pretty much. I mean, you can get a little further out, but uh, Lexington is, I think like Lexington's its, its own thing. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Geography. The only people, the only person we wanted to talk to from Lexington though is Coach Patino. And we would have had to do the interview in the middle of the night. I don't think you or I wanted to do that. So uh, There's no way that Lexington is not considered Northern Kentucky. <laughs> no, it's not. It can't be Northern Kentucky. Come on. It's got to be like mid-Kentucky. It's just Kentucky, I think. Like north-central Kentucky. Come on. Uh, we could have also talked to Coach Cal. I know you're a big Coach Cal guy. Yeah, that's true. Coach Cal, yeah. Um, uh, so we didn't we're, – we're not going there. Uh, yeah. You know, no Euro tour this week because they're at the British Open. Uh, Corn Ferry guys anywhere? Corn Ferry is in Springfield, Illinois, which I have no desire to do anything with Springfield, Illinois. Is that the land of Lincoln? I think it is. Um, 
Let's see. Springfield, Illinois. Let's do a, a quick, quick uh, drive-by of Spring, Springfield, Illinois. Uh, state capital. It's, uh, it's a bigger city than I would have expected. 116,000, 211,000 in the metro. Wait, Springfield is the cap- It's not the capital of Illinois. Yeah, it is. No. It's the capital. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would have missed that on. Why did oh. I-, I thought Chicago was the capital. No. Oh my God. The, oh, the Illinoisans are going to, they're going to get, they're going to get all over you, man. Oh, DJ is going to be livid. Uh, there's, that's the whole, like the entire politics of the state of Illinois is all this battle between downstate and Chicago. God, I feel like unreal. This is, tr- I am staggered. You're, you're, you're being exposed here. Well, I'm pretty good on state capitals. I just, I, I would have never that, guessed Springfield, Illinois. Evidently not. Evidently not. Yeah. We just couldn't find any, anybody notable from uh, Springfield, Illinois, other than Abraham and, and uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, which, which you know, tough scene there. Tough scene. Um, so, you know what we're doing? We're doing mid Michigan. That's right, got, baby. Midland. I'm excited for it. I think we're doing, you know, Midland, Saginaw, Bay City, Lansing, Flint. It's yes, a it's yeah. a blind spot, I think. It's a it's a it's a pretty big area. Uh Mount Pleasant even. Um, you know, central part of the lower peninsula of Michigan. Uh I don't I didn't know anything about it before before I started researching it a few hours ago. <laughs> uh you spent time there? I've driven through. I've driven through. I haven't spent much time. It's um, it's drive-through country for me. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, is is Forest Dunes is 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 Roscommon considered Central Michigan? I believe it is. Ooh, yeah. I think Roscommon would be. It, so yeah, it would, it would be the northern tip of Mid Michigan. Yeah, um, but yeah. So it's it's uh, you know kind of just a bunch of moderate sized cities, right? Yes. Uh, you know, kind of rust belty. You got a bunch, you know, I think it used to be lumber. A um, lot of, a lot of famous people, a lot of, a lot of great athletes, especially from Saginaw. Yep. Draymond Green, Darvin Ham, um, Kenyon Martin, Charles Rogers, RIP, Charles Rogers. I, I didn't know that he had, he had passed. Yeah. That's tough, man. Um, yeah. That, that, that sounded like a tough, tough goal for him. Uh, Serena Williams was born there. Didn't know that before they moved in. I would have guessed uh, LA. LA, yeah. Uh, born in in, uh, in Saginaw. Uh, Lamar Woodley, you know, so all, all sorts of... Lamar uh, Woodley was kind of a bad dude there for a little bit. Yeah, man. Really, really, really good <laughs> player. Uh, and then you've got, you know, so Saginaw is kind of... Uh, just looking at the map here, um, you know, Saginaw is kind of south of... of the Saginaw Bay, and then you got Bay City up north of it, and you've got uh, Midland, which is a little bit west yeah. of the of of those two cities, and they've they've got their own uh, airport. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The uh, it's the it's the uh, MBS International Airport, the Bonesaw International Airport. <laughs> Midland, no. Bay City, Saginaw International Airport. I was gonna okay. I was gonna say I, I know it as Saginaw Airport. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just kind of commuter uh, deal to uh, 
Chicago and Detroit, I think. And then, uh, you know, you got Flint down there a little bit below. I suppose we could talk to our guests about that, but, uh, you remember the Flintstones, the, the, the Michigan state basketball team. Refresh me. It was, it was the two thousand. well, they won the 2000, uh, national title, but it was the Mateen Cleaves, Morris Peterson, Charlie Bell. We're all from, was, they were all from Flint. They were called the Flintstones. Love it. I love it. Uh, well, you know what? I think we're kind of getting ahead of things a, a bit here too, because I think we're, we're doing tourist sauce Michigan here coming up. That's right. And this is the one part of the state that we're not really, you know, not really going to too much. Unless we want to count forest students. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Forest students will be well represented, but I'd love to ask our guests. Like, I don't think there's, it's kind of a, a golf well, oh God, I'm going to get in trouble saying this, but there's good golf, but there's not, it gets properly overshadowed by what you have in Detroit, Grand Rapids, and then the Northern part of Michigan with, especially on the Western side with Lake Michigan. Correct. Correct. That, 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 and you know, yeah, I just thought there were, there, it was just, wasn't a big, like it was more industrial and it was, yeah, you know, business focused. So Hey everybody, Randy here. Sorry to interrupt our conversation, but I want to thank one of our sponsors for this episode, and that is our good friends at Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep, how recovered you are, and how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from both your workouts and the normal stressors of life. I have been on a big roll here, uh, big recovery scores. I don't know. I think it's something about the thin air out, out west here that is uh, somehow helping my recoveries. I, I don't know the science behind that, but very pleased with where I am right now. Uh, Whoop, for, if you don't know, it's a stylish little wristband that you wear. It, the battery lasts for, gosh, nearly a full week. Very easy to recharge over an hour or two. Uh, and then there's an accompanying app that goes along with it. Uh, in that app, you can do a number of things. One of the, my favorite features, Whoop tracks all four stages of sleep from slow wave, RAM, light, and the times you're awake throughout the night and can tell you how much sleep you've gotten down to the minute. I always think it's interesting, um, you know, what type of sleep I'm getting and any disturbances that obviously I don't remember. So listeners right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code TRAPDRAW at checkout. That's trap draw, all one word. Go to whoop.com, W H O O P.com. Enter the code trap draw to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter with Whoop today. Now back to our conversation. Before we get to the guests, anything else? Any other housekeeping matters? I feel like oh, there's yeah. been a ton of stories percolating that we're keeping our eyes on. Um, we're not ready to you know, dig deep into them yet. We're just, we're just keeping our eyes open out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, anything from, you, you know, know the, like, uh, like, like Kroger the assassination got in Haiti, the, the assassination in Haiti for sure. Uh, yeah. Sounds like all kinds of weird shit going on there. Um, a California federal judge has given preliminary approval for a nearly $800,000 settlement against Kroger about misleading consumers about trans fat content of its breadcrumbs. I mean, that is tough right there, TC. Oh, I hate that. Um, uh, I, I saw something out of Maine. 
uh, Maine's liberty-loving MILF mobile owner is refusing to return her quote-unquote tits out vanity plate after lawmakers <laughs> banned it from the roadways, setting the stage for a wave of First Amendment appeals, protests, and lawsuits. So I thought, I thought up in Maine they'd, you know, I guess New Hampshire is the, what, the live free or die state. Yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like in Maine that plays, right? Kind of a, a live and let live. Sure. It should. It should. Uh, you know, we had a, there was a major explosion uh, in the Caspian Sea off the coast of Baku, Azerbaijan. There's mm-hmm. a big explosion in the, the port in uh, the UAE, in Dubai. Um, TC, things are percolating in Cuba right now. Yeah. Uh, the rise of the Moors. Those guys got arrested. Oh, my God. <laughs> that might have been the story of the summer Mass- up in Massachusetts. Uh, there's this guy that's that's uh, that's that rode the Tour de France entire route of the Tour de France uh, that, you know, and plus the transfers, like he did all 3,500 kilometers or miles, you know, about a thousand miles farther than the tour. And he beat him by five days to France or to uh, Paris. <laughs> Total menace. I guess he lives in Boulder where I, we are, we're efforting. Him. I was going to say, I might go personally effort him when he gets back. So, um gosh what else we got and they're like a weird cargo ship i know you've been keeping your eye on that's yeah the huntsman he was tweeting about uh, <laughs> a cargo ship that's that's been uh you know it's gone dark off the coast of cuba um you know potentially providing internet or arms or something to you know the, the uh, island of cuba while uh, everything goes down there mm. um gosh what else We've got uh, my sons. Big game tonight for my sons. Huge TC. Huge game. Huge game tonight. I'm uh, worried if they don't win this one, it's not going to be good. It's a mini game seven tonight. It's you know two two is so much different than three one. Yes, it, it is. It's it's going to be a great game. I, I think I think the Bucks are going to. God, I think the Bucks are going to even it up. I really do. Uh, I need a better game out of Booker. That's the case, of course. Um, we got your guy Stephen A. Smith getting dragged. Yeah, good yeah, apology. Wimbledon. I didn't watch a lot of Wimbledon this year. No, I didn't uh, either. But they're apparently they're looking into some irregular matches. Yeah. Irregular, two irregular betting picks. patterns. Yeah, uh, your your man KD stinks. Uh, USA basketball complete disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was unimpressed with the Nigerians, though. Mm. Nigerians took that personally. For a yeah. lot of different yeah. things. Um, gosh, what else? I watched a, I watched a documentary last night on the, like the real story of Black Hawk Down. Fascinating. I would I would I would definitely recommend that. Uh, I need to go back and watch that movie. It's the best. I like every time it's on TV. Neil was saying the same thing. Every time it's on TV, it's like a must watch i remember it being just like a two like one two hour fight scene like there's yeah. no let up no there's no there's no narrative there's no it, it, it is balls to the wall yeah it's so intense yeah. uh but yeah this one was all first person it was on it was on prime it was all first person interviews and you know very kind of sparsely done it was it was cool it was it was really impressive um we've got all sorts of all sorts of uh of aerospace deals going here uh you know united closed on also you know also massive airbus boeing deal now delta's buying up a bunch of used jets as of yesterday 
um, you know, trying to get rid of those uh, MD88s and. Uh, I love the MD88s. I love those things. Really? I do. I think they're smooth. I had to. Uh, uh, I booked. I booked my wife on Delta. We're going to Traverse City a couple of days. I booked her on Delta with the baby, and it's a it's a seven one seven from Jax to Detroit, and then Detroit to Traverse City. And I flew in one of those from Jax to Detroit, and then Detroit to Philly. And that thing was built. That thing was built pre nine eleven. It was built, mm. you know, mid nineties. I think just you know all the all the glass is fogged over. Just not a, not a good, not a good look for Delta. Come on, Delta. Come on. Uh, I just flew Delta to and from Detroit. We were in Toledo for the Solheim cup. Love getting back on the Delta birds. Detroit airport. When, when we, when we do the whole thing, well, I got a lot more to say about airports. We're going to do a whole nother uh, episode on airports. It's been a couple of years and it's uh, that airport's fascinating. The, the Detroit airport has a lot of helium, as they say in the, in the draft stock. It is rising. I love um, it. You got to be active if you work there. You got to be active. Yeah. TC, uh, I, just, I just finished a book by Thomas Merton called The Seven Story Mountain. That actually came recommended by Wright Thompson last year when we talked to him. Yeah. You know, he, he briefly kind of mentioned this Trappist monastery in the backwoods of Kentucky. It's fascinating, TC. The Trappist monks are fascinating. My uh, uncle Pete has spent time there. Did has uh, he done a retreat? Yeah, well, and then one of uh, my mom's like distant relatives like lives there. He's like a he's one of the monks. That's amazing. I yeah. I saw I saw I was doing some research. I saw that there's a an abbey in uh, just outside Snowmass here in Colorado, a Trappist abbey. I'm, I might have to I might have to go do a retreat later this year. Buy me some ale. They make yeah. they make great great Trappist ale. Yeah. Um, a monk God. would have been good to talk to though. They're more like, they're a little closer to Louisville, but they would, they would have been a good one for the, uh, for the barbersaw this week. Is that the Gethsemane? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. 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 I, I read, I've read a Thomas Merton book before. I can't remember which one it was, but just all about, uh, faith and, and yeah. know, like uh, spirituality, but, yeah. um, well, our, our guest is waiting before okay. Yeah. So, so also, we, I want to congratulate you. Five years of trap draws. It's been five years since we had Sean Vandeveld on. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody uh, DM me that the other day. So thanks Very for cool. listening, everybody. C- congrats to you too, TC. All right. So should we bring in the guests or should we tell people, I guess we kind of told people who we were trying to effort. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're, we're bringing in somebody lived in Midland, Michigan. Let, let's, let's get him on the horn here. Hey everybody, Randy here again. I want to thank our other sponsor for today's episode, and that is DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is my favorite sportsbook and also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. I find it easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. And right now, listen to this great offer. Place a pre-tournament wager of $1 on any golf outcome to be eligible to cash $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie this weekend. That's 50 to 1 odds on any golfer sinking a birdie during this weekend's tournament. 50 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. 
Listeners, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TRAPDRAW, all one word, when you sign up to turn $1 into $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie this weekend. That's code TRAPDRAW to turn $1 into $50 in free credits. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Winning paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now back to our conversation. Scott, welcome. Welcome to the Trap Draw. You know, what, gosh, 10 years ago, did you ever think you'd be in this position? talking to me on a podcast uh, when we were spending time together in Bloomington, Indiana? No, I assumed uh, I'd be watching you on TV or, you know, reading about you in Forbes or, you know, some other, you know, high profile, you know, venue. But I didn't assume that I would be talking to you still. I thought you would have left me long behind. No, no, no. Uh, for the folks that don't know, Scott and I met at, in graduate school at Indiana. Probably my, my best friend and the guy I spent the most time with just shooting, shooting the breeze, trying to solve the world's problems. Uh, immensely enjoyed it. So, Scott, welcome to the Trap Draw. You're also here as our expert on, on Midland, Michigan. So no, no pressure there. <laughs> You're hard up. <laughs> you know what? You're we, calling we, we me, but I did. A, we could have done London. We could have done Southern England. We could have done Springfield, Illinois. We chose Midland, Michigan because we wanted to do Midland. <laughs> we, we, we knew nothing about it, really. So Great. Well, I've spent, I spent four years there, and, and I have uh, a little bit of, of knowledge of the area. Let's start here. What took you to Midland? Tell the folks why, why Midland. Establish your bona fides. Yeah. So I uh, was at Indiana, like you said, and looking for work as a, as a graduate <laughs> and uh, made some connections with Dow. Back then it was Dow Chemical, uh, which is headquartered there in Midland. And um, they recruited pretty heavily out of Indiana at the time. And they uh, gave me an internship and then a job offer. And I went to work for Dow. So Dow moved me to Midland, Michigan. Did you say my family? So you said they recruited pretty heavily at the time. Did your presence change that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they recruit MBAs out of Indiana anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was attributable to me alone, but uh, it's not a, it's not a direct uh, recruiting pipeline anymore. So what did you know about Midland before you moved up there? I guess at first for your internship, but did you have any sense of like what, what it was? Almost no, almost nothing. Right. I, I'm from the West. I'm from out West. I'm and my, my wife's from out West. I, I lived in the Midwest, Cincinnati and, and, uh, Kansas city and other places, Florida, but I'd never been to Michigan. Uh, I didn't know anything about upper Michigan, right. Everything in Michigan that anybody knows about is, Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, and Detroit, right? You don't, you, you might've known about Mackinac Island, but uh, really it's everything South. So Midland was off my radar. To be clear though, this is, this is mid Michigan, right? You're going to get in trouble for, for calling this upper Michigan, right? Right. Yeah. 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 This is, as they say, we're, a, we're mid Michigan. Yep. What's the dividing the UP point? Are, are you purse? Yeah. 
Uh, I would say it's probably the bridge, the Mackinac Island Bridge, the Upper Peninsula, right? I think people from up there, I've heard, I've heard people from the Lower Peninsula called trolls because they're below the bridge, and people above the bridge are called youpers, right? But I, I consider like Traverse City, Northern Michigan. So I mean, what's it is? So what's the cutoff between Mid Michigan and like Northern Michigan? So there's kind of a snow belt that runs right through Clare. That might be what you would consider Mid Michigan, right? So Ludington, oh, yeah. Claire, over to Tawas on the east side, Bad Axe, you know, kind of where the thumb is. Um, and Lake Huron kind of dips down. That might be considered mid-Michigan. So you got the uh, thumb. It's part of the mitten. Uh, yep. Got the thumb. I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, all right. So, TC, where, where, where do we start here? What? what should, should we quiz them? Should we have them power rank? Where, is, so, where do you yeah, want to start? Is Midland just, just, is it like Dow chemical just runs the show? Every, is it, or Dow, I should say now, right? It's just Dow. There's like a, yeah. all sorts of corporate, you know, they, they merged with DuPont and then unmerged and then all that. So right. kind of walk us through Dow. I don't know a whole lot about Dow either. Although, except for the fact that they support the hell out of women's golf, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's great. So Dow, um, I, I'm not a spokesman for, person for Dow, obviously. <laughs> you could have called, you know, the, the PR group for Dow. <laughs> but Dow is uh, a, a, probably the biggest corporation in Midland. I think that the important thing is that Dow is headquartered there, right? So a, a lot of the assets have been divested. So Michigan Operations, which is the big manufacturing site, used to hold a lot of the Dow Corning which was a joint venture between Dow and Corning. But now a lot of that, um, the ag business that was there has been divested to Corteva, right? Trinzio has been divested and they're a separate company. They have a lot of manufacturing there. Um, DuPont still has some stuff with uh, automotive, I think. There's some automotive plants there. So Midland is primarily, I'd, I'd say it's a Dow town, but it's not really a Dow town because a lot of people who work there don't work for Dow, right? But Dow really invests in the community. And so when you think about Midland, it's a town of about 40,000 people, but it's probably the biggest town of 40,000 that you'll run into in the US. I mean, it feels big. It's got like a full symphony orchestra. It's got a performing arts center. It's got a minor league baseball team. It's got uh, a botanical garden that's fantastic, right? I mean, there's a lot of things there that make it feel like it's a bigger city than it is. So I'm, I'm getting, and it's all because Dow kind of invests in the community. I'm getting big whiffs of uh, like Columbus, Indiana vibes from Midland. Is that a fair comp? Did you did you spend any time in Columbus? What's based a, a little bit? Is it like a kind of a company town as well, or is it? Yeah, it's a, the big Cummins engines. Okay. But they yeah, have like amazing architecture that like they punch way above their weight because they have to like attract people there. Yep. It's, it's very similar, right? I think Columbus is a little bit closer to Bloomington and it's a little bit closer to Indianapolis. So I think that they don't have to have the same kind of um, investment, but it, it's similar. Yeah. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. Like Dow has got to be one of the biggest companies in the world that I really don't know like they're, they're probably involved in so much of the stuff that you use on a day-to-day -day basis and you have no idea, right? Just with the chemicals and the, and the, the, the kind of raw, raw materials for a lot of the stuff you use every day. Right. 
Right. A lot of the plastics that you see in the world, right? Uh, the shrink wrapping on food. TC's the, a big plastic, you know, plastic guy, bottles. Loves plastics. Yeah. yeah. Like the graduate, right? Plastics, <laughs> it's the future. Well, maybe not now, but it, I mean, there is a lot of uh, plastics is a big component of what Dow does, right? I, I see where it's uh, and called. There's the, other pieces as well. Yeah, I see. It's called the chemical company's chemical company, which I love. Did were you aware of that, Scott? It's like you know, Young Jeezy's no. your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. <laughs> Dow's your favorite chemical company's favorite chemical company. Well, I think Dow. I think Dow is really making an effort. I think a lot of the chemical companies have to right. There's this new sustainability bent, and Dow is really making an effort to make. Um, chemistry functional for people without destroying the planet, right? So um, it's trying to improve the quality of life and it's trying to, um, I don't know, provide solutions to, to society's challenges without, you know, causing additional problems. And, and I think Dow is really responsible when it comes to that as well, right? And, and leadership now is um, very aware of kind of the whole picture, not only with you know, the environmental aspect, but the social aspect with a lot of the diversity and, and inclusion efforts that, that are in the company right now as well. So the women at the LPGA is just an example of that, right? Trying to promote women and women's, women's events. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, Upon moving to Midland, what was your first, first impression? Uh, so Midland being as far North as it is, right. It's, it's, uh, Cold, it's colder than I was expecting. It was um, probably darker than I expected it. You get more, more shorter days and, and nights. But it's also, um, uh, I was surprised at how, um, how much there was to do in the community, right? So I have a family with little kids and the library is great. The, the parks are great. I mean, it really is kind of a family town, right? Um, and when I was there, when I first got there, there was no food. My wife and I like to eat and there was nothing, <laughs> nothing to go and do if you wanted to eat. But uh, some of that's changed, right? And um, so Dow was, Dow was kind of this surprise for me, right? It was uh, apart, from, apart from some of the, the quirky things, just getting used to kind of a new environment. It was really, we, we kept finding new things to do and new and uh, new opportunities that were really surprising and, and, and fun. All right. You got to tell me about the Tridge. The Tridge. Yeah. It's uh, it's an engineering Marvel, right? I mean, uh, should be among the, I don't know, 57 wonders of the world or something like that, because it, it crosses the, the Titiboasi and the Chippewa rivers. Right. And, and it really is like a, a three legged bridge with a big, here in the middle to hold the, hold it all together. Right. It, it's down kind of below the center of town and uh, it's the start of, of this long um, rail trail type system where you can bike and, and, and run. So, um, and it's by a park, there's a park there. So a lot of kind of events happen around the Tridge, but it is kind of a, <laughs> a stopping point for tourism in, in Midland. Heck it's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful novelty. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, just for yeah, the folks listening. Great. Th- th- so this is a bridge. It, it, it's a pedestrian bridge. It's a pedestrian bridge, but they call it a tridge because it's what, like three pointed. Three yep. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you know Midland's sister city? Oh, you know what? I think 
when I lived, I used to know this. It was somewhere in Germany, I think. <laughs> what is Miss Midland's sister city? Well, according, no? according to Wikipedia, it's it's Handa, Japan. Aishi. Honda Aishi. Oh. <laughs> no, then I don't know Midland Sister City. <laughs> okay. Nor did I ever know Midland Sister City. <laughs> well, maybe there are some unofficial ones. Uh, you got to power rank the cities of mid-Michigan for me. So Midland, let's say Midland, oh, power rank the Saginaw, cities. So what are we counting? Bay City, Flint, Mount Pleasant. Are we not including Lansing? I don't... Is Lansing, do you think Lansing's mid-Michigan, Scott? So it's like 80 miles south, right? And there's a, it's a college town. It's a big college town, right? So I don't know that that's really fair because, you know, college towns have a lot going on just because of the university that's there. Um, but you can count Lansing if you want to. Yeah, we spent a lot of time in Lansing, Flint. So what have I got? Flint, I've got Bay City. Yep. I've got Midland. Yep. Saginaw. Saginaw. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant's another, I, I wouldn't count Mount Pleasant because that's another college town, right? Central, Central Michigan, Michigan is there, but home of yeah, the but yeah, home of the Chippewas. But I would, I would put Midland, like if I think of where I spent most of my time, right? I, I would say Midland was, um, I would put Midland above Bay City, both of those above Saginaw and Flint. <laughs> and uh, um, maybe, yeah, Midland's probably the top, right? But if you included something like Ludington, which is kind of mid-Michigan, but it's on the on the west coast, right? It's kind of this this cool coastal community that's kind of in the middle of the state, not yeah. See, I think that east west wise, that's western but, Michigan, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could say western Michigan. Yeah. I've heard great things about. I've I've heard there's a Hemlock Golf Club in Ludington is a, a jewel over there. Oh yeah, I never played there, but even like in Midland, one of my favorite kind of hidden courses was a course called uh maple leaf i don't know if you've seen maple leaf mm -mm. but maple leaf kind of winds through the trees and it's a little bit north of midland it's a really nice nice little course the community course was nice too right um trying to remember what the curry curry municipal was kind of a nice little course down it's right on the river right it would flood every year <laughs> like 10 feet underwater almost every year so. speaking of floods they had the big uh Big dam. The dam broke. Yeah. Issue, uh, what, last year or two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't remember exactly when it was, but that changed the geography of the area significantly, right? There were actually two dams that broke, right? There was, had you power there was, dam uh, that broke. <laughs> looks like the, yeah, it was May of 2020, the Sanford Dam and the Edenville Dam both failed. Right. So the Edenville was above Sanford. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's actually YouTube footage of, of the dam breaking. So it's pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. Did you ever get down to Frank? But it changed. Yeah. So the Sanford dam is just Northeast. Yeah. Frankenmuth. Did you ever get down to Frankenmuth? <laughs> Frankenmuth is a quirky Christmas? little town. It's, it's, uh, for the Christmas I, displays year round. I did. Yeah, I did. And, uh, I never went down for Oktoberfest, but, uh, I down for the, the Christmas displays. <laughs> and uh, apparently there's a uh, you can eat chicken there at some chicken restaurant i, I didn't do that either but uh, it's very popular in town so frankenmuth is one of those kind of hidden gems it's it really is kind of this quirky area where there's a lot of little things like frankenmuth where it's like 
oh my gosh, there's this town that's like old Bavaria right here in central Michigan. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in the thumb? Because the thumb, just going back to the thumb is, is the thumb just kind of, kind of, a, a, you know, not a whole lot going on on that little peninsula out there between the Saginaw Bay and the, and the bulk of Lake Huron. There's not a lot bad axes out there. Right. But I don't I don't think that like, there's not a lot that goes on anywhere outside of the major hubs. I mean, Phil, you, you went to Northern Michigan quite a bit. Right. And mm-hmm. I think if you get away from the coast into the center of the state, there's not a lot, there's not a lot through there. Right. No, especially not up that, that way. I I've never and, been out and, on the thumb. And the thumb is not much different, right? Bad axe. What a sweet name, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I can uh, remember, yeah, you just um, spent a lot of time on 75, right? Uh, yep. Where 23 comes back and hits 75 in Flint. And then, yeah, it's like Frankenmuth, Saginaw, Bay City, Midland, uh, Standish. I remember signs for Standish, West Branch. Then you're getting into Ross Common which is where Forest Dunes, it's, it's pretty desolate up there for sure. Uh, right. Bad Axe, the guy, William Potts, who added the yellow light to traffic lights to create the modern three-lens traffic light, was born in Bad Axe. That's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> what, what a world. <laughs> Did you ever spend, what's the better coast, the Lake Huron coast or the Lake Michigan coast? So there's much, there's much more on the Lake Michigan coast, the West side. That's where Sleeping Bear Dunes is, the state park. You know, you, you've got a lot more developed along the West coast. And, you know, if you think about it, uh, you, you get to see the sunset over the, over the lake, right? I mean, when you look at Lake Michigan, it's like you're looking at the ocean. You can't see Chicago or the other side, right? You can't. And so a lot more is developed along the West coast. I think it's more popular. The East coast is, is less touristy. It's harder to get to. There are some little places like Tawas that are, that are kind of some beaches that are, that people will go to. And, and, uh, I, I, I you know, I haven't been back there in, a, in probably five years. So I, I don't know if it's been built out anymore, but the West coast is probably, probably better because there's more, there's more built out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Where'd you fly out of mostly? Did you fly out of the, uh, the, uh, MBS airport or, or, or drive down to Flint or, yeah. yeah. So Flint for a while, Flint for a while had a, a Southwest shuttle, you know, plane coming in. They had Southwest flights coming in and out and you could get a direct flight to places like Phoenix from Flint. Right. Um, but I think that that's gone away. So we would drive down to Flint um, to fly anywhere that would, that Dow wasn't taking us. Right. Dow has a corporate shuttle at uh, MBS. And so we would fly out MBS to like Texas or Philadelphia, but uh if we're going pretty much anywhere else, I would drive down to Flint or even to Detroit to tell you the truth. How does a corporate shuttle work? Like if you can talk about that, like just, is it, is it like, all right, you know, set, set day of the week. All right. We're going to Chicago today. Yeah. Everybody has a meeting in Chicago or, you know, hop on or. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Right. There's, there's uh, it's, there's enough traffic between these hubs for these corporations. Dow has kind of a hub in, in Texas, in Houston and a hub in, in Midland, which is the headquarters. So there were a lot of flights that went back and forth between there. There's a big hub in Louisiana. So there's a flight that goes from Houston to Louisiana. It's not really Houston. It's down in Lake Jackson, right? Kind of the Angleton area, but uh, the corporate shuttle would just carry folks that are, that are in meetings back and forth. And you just kind of book it through the company and you, and you get on the corporate jet and you fly. I mean, it's not really, it's like a, 
it's like a, a commercial airline, but it's, it's got like 40, you know, 200 or something. And you just kind of fly back and forth from, for work. <laughs> and then of course there's the executive shuttles, right. Which I'm not, I'm not a part of, <laughs> um, but it was, not, it was nice. It was very convenient, right. It was, yeah. it was super convenient. And if you had to do your work, it made it so, so much more efficient. Right. Yeah. Uh, Midland, they, they got the Dodgers affiliate. How about that? Yeah. And actually the Great Lakes Loon Stadium is fantastic, right? It's a, it's a great place to watch a ball game. Um, they have, uh, they have all kinds of promotional nights, you know, when, if you, if you want to take kids, they've got a playground there, but like they have a, a star Wars night and there's enough kind of affluence and, you know, interest in the area that you have some like movie scale costumes there at the, at the ballpark for like star Wars night. And there's like the dollar dog night and all kinds of things going on there, but it's a nice, it's a nice ballpark. Does Midland always get included with Bay city and Saginaw? Like, is it truly like a triangle MBS area or does Midland kind of try to think of itself as separate from those other two? Uh, I think it depends on how you're trying to market it. Right. I think that uh, it, it really is a tri cities area and like I would, I would regularly shop in, in Bay city or in, in Flint. Right. So I, we went back and forth quite a bit from the different areas, depending on what you're trying to get, but they're all small enough that nobody's going to put in, you know, uh, retail outlets in all three. So you'd go to like Flint for a Cabela's, for example. Um, and then you might go to Bay city if you wanted to go to Menards or something like that for, for, you know, rather than your Lowe's or home Depot, you know, but it was, it was that kind of a thing, right? Where if you can't get something, you'll go to an adjacent place and sometimes even for dinner, right? Like we would drive over to Bay city pretty regular for, for dinner or for a festival like the tall ships festival that comes through Bay city and things like that. Wait, all right. Can you, can you explain Menards to me? I've never been to Menards. What's the, it's, it's just a giant home Depot, right? It's, it's like a Lowe's or a home Depot. It's a, it's a, but they carry a lot of, they probably carry a lot more um, unusual stuff. I, I feel like Home Depot and Lowe's probably has the Walmart model where they're saying, Hey, I got two brands, right? And you, you can pick between these two brands, right? But Menards will carry a lot more uh, uh, of the hard to find stuff that you can get. Huh? Okay. And then, and then how does my, is, 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 is Meyer up in Midland as well? Yeah. So Meyer's headquartered in Grand, Grand Rapids, right? That's where their headquarters is. And Grand Rapids is a great town. You can try it. You can get there pretty quick from Midland. And uh, the grocery store in Midland, the Meyer in Midland is one of my go-tos, especially for seafood, right? You can get great seafood at Meyer there in Midland, but it's just like a grocery store. It's, it's like your Publix in Florida or your HEB here in Texas, or, you know, maybe like a, it's kind of an upscale. So like in the Midwest, you might think of it as like a, a, a Kroger, but, but like the Kroger marketplace. If you're further west, it might be like a, a hen house, right? In like the Kansas City area, right? Kind of the, more of a, a nicer grocery store. What would you classify as more, as more upscale? Publix or Kroger? Be 100%. Oh, man. Scott, I want you to fall back on your experience living in Cincinnati to answer this question. Right. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it depends on the store. So I, I'm kind of biased because... When I lived in Florida, I used to get public sandwiches all the time, and I loved the Publix Deli, right? But uh, I, I'll tell you because that they like, were cheap. I've been though some, they were cheap for a working man like you, they were cheap, right? They were cheap, but they were good sandwiches. I'm, I loved the, I loved the sandwiches. Yeah, 
Um, but I, t- I think that uh, if you go into some of the new Kroger marketplaces, they're pretty fancy, right? We've got some pretty fancy Kroger marketplaces but, around. So. Yeah, you're only as good as your weakest store, though, you know? <laughs> Kroger's got a lot of weak stores. They, yeah, they do. And, and to tell you the truth, we shop a lot at, uh, at Costco, to, you know, so uh, we'll get some things at Kroger, but we don't have a Publix in Texas either. So it's either is H-E-B, it, Aldi, Kroger. Is, is H-E-B, does it live up to the hype? People, people ride for H-E-B. Is it that good? So, so H-E-B has my second favorite ice cream, right? Like if I, if I think of all the ice cream that I've ever eaten, and Cincinnati, you know, Greater's you know, is number one. So Greater's is like, you know, Oprah's favorite, right? Of course. But Aglamisi's in Cincinnati is really good too, right? I don't know if you remember Aglamisi's in Cincinnati. Yes, I but, do. And, and I even like the UDF in, in uh, the peach ice cream at UDF in Cincinnati. But I'll tell you, Great Lakes ice cream in Midland, Michigan is the best ice cream you'll ever eat in your entire life. Whoa. Their, their chocolate peanut butter or their chocolate caramel cashew is like, they should be marketing this to the world. And they've got some flavors that are fantastic. Like country Inn is an oatmeal ice cream. It's really good. Right. But H E B has some ice cream. That's good too. Their toasted almond fudge is really good. So, you know, I H E B is, is, is I think a pretty good store. I mean, for what I, what I can go to here, I'll go to H E B pretty frequently above like a Randall's or a Kroger. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm ranking things myself for you. Right. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Well, you know, Randy and I always get dog cause we went to an HEB in, in Klein, Texas, Klein with a K. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of people said, uh, like of all HEBs, you went to that HEB and it's, it, you know, not a very impressive HEB. And, that's what we said. We said it's, you know, it, you're only as, as good as the weakest store. Yeah. H-E-B has the same model as Kroger, right? If you go to a Kroger and a Kroger marketplace, they're two different stores. If you go to an H-E-B or an H-E-B plus, H-E-B plus they're two different stores, right? They're, the H-E-B plus has a lot more, you know, a lot more merchandise, a, a, a wider variety of merchandise and, and things like that. Scott, tell the people what you were doing before you went to business school. I was an arborist. Really? Bartlett tree expert company. Yeah, I was. Wait, what, what did that entail? <laughs> what, what does being an arborist mean? Well, so at that time, before I went to business school, I was more in, I was more in sales. I, I was uh, kind of the local office man. I was in local office management. So I would, I would sell tree work. I, would, I was also a kind of a, an arborist is kind of a technician, right? So if you think, if, if you think about, you've got a tree, you've got a tree problem. The leaves are falling off of it or, you know, the wind comes down, breaks a branch. Then you call uh, someone to come out and, and inspect your tree. But, but an arborist is kind of more than a tree guy in the sense that uh, they, they generally have some education, right? They've passed a, a certification exam by the International Society of Arboriculture. And they know a little bit more about the biology and, and health of a tree. So that, that was kind of what I did. What's your favorite kind of tree? Ah, that's a good question. Right. I, I think people ask me that all the time and, and it's, uh, I don't want to kind of make it more complicated, but it really depends on the situation. But if you were going to say, Hey, you have to have one, I would say a bur oak is kind of majestic, right? It's, that's a pretty, pretty cool tree. A bur oak. Um, um uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's in the white oak family, but they'll get, you know, 
100 feet tall with 100 foot spread. They're the classic Midwestern tree that you see that's kind of spreading and big, strong tree. I'm trying to get Randy into, interesting the, into the bonsai scene. He's uh, hey, I've, I've, absolutely. You know, get some of those little scissors and and really, uh, really. You know, I think he'd be quite taken by it. You need to take him to the National Arboretum. They've got some bonsai in the National Arboretum in D.C. that are like 600 years old. It's incredible. And they're, you know, it's it's amazing that their bonsai collection is fantastic, right? No, T.C. I there's a class at the Denver Botanical Gardens that. Um, I'm, I got on my calendar. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Scott, what do you think about a cypress tree? I think a cypress tree might be my favorite at the moment. Like a, like a bald cypress tree. So there's different types of cypress, right? So uh, there's a Leland cypress tree. There's a bald cypress tree. There's, you know, so, and they're kind of different, right? They're in different families. I'm thinking you're thinking of like the kind that you see in the swamps where they've got the knees that are in, they're coming up out of the water. No, I'm thinking like um, like on the West Coast, like a like a Monterey, oh, a Monterey Cypress. Cypress. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I like those. Yeah, those are great. Right. I think that uh, those have um, a really interesting structure. Right. They're conifers. Right. So I I like those. I think they're 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 kind of native to that area. Right. Um, I'm surprised they didn't say also the redwoods. I mean, you guys took oh. took a tour through the redwoods, and the redwoods are just amazing right yeah they're unbelievable i love i love them the uh my dad's gotten he's deep in the conifer scene he live in atlanta and he's he uh i mean he'll go out middle of the day sometimes with a with a with a squirt bottle and squirt his his conifer he's got he's got this <laughs> he calls it, you know, a blue spruce he calls it a fat albert uh he's got oh all- that's a that's actually a variety of blue spruce okay it is it's a it's a it's a genetic variety of a blue spruce it's, it's bluer, it's wider, it's shorter, but it is, it's named Fat Albert. I thought he was full of shit. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and you know, all sorts of, all sorts no, of stuff, no, no, no. That, you know, he was, he had a couple die a couple years ago and he was just devastated. He was like, he was so torn up about him. Uh, yeah. So I had a, when I bought my house in Cincinnati, I bought it from the original owners who had migrated from Germany and they brought the conifer the cone of a Norway spruce from the black forest in, in Germany. And they'd planted it in their backyard and it had grown to be about 25 feet tall. And it was in my backyard. Oh my! And goodness. we had a drought one year and it died. Oh. <laughs> and I felt so bad that this <laughs> tree that they had, that had come from the black forest in Germany. And I'm an arborist at the time. And I let this tree die. In my backyard, I was so embarrassed. Was it something take, where, like, you were you were so concerned about other people's trees that you weren't looking after your own trees? Kind of thing? That was exactly it. Thank you, Tron. I mean, <laughs> I that's exactly it. I was I was more worried about other people than myself. But but taking this conifer line back to Midland, right? Midland has uh, there's a nursery near Midland where we used to get our Christmas tree every year called Cluck Nurseries. And they have an awesome tree farm and we would drive out and get our Christmas tree there every year and bring it back. And all the kids would get, they'd give them like popcorn balls as we drove out, but you can go out and they got a big event there too. Right. So conifers are big in, in Michigan because you know, it's a great environment for them, but uh, yeah. I, God, that makes me so happy. Nursery, fourth, fourth generation nursery operation beginning in the late 1920s. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic place. It's like a hidden gem. If you need to get a, 
a Christmas tree, go to Cluck Nursery around Christmas time. Uh, you said, all right. I'm, so I've gotten deep into the, into the, the Norfolk Island pine scene <laughs> down here. In That's because you're in Florida. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're majestic. They really are in South Florida in particular, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're, yeah. We're kind of right on the dividing line here in Jacksonville. So. Right. So I went to school at UF. So I would, I would go to Jacksonville to fly when I was in Gainesville, right? I would fly out of Gainesville from Jacksonville quite a bit. Were you, uh, were you at UF during, during the Spurrier years by chance? I wasn't. I was there during, um, I was there when UF won their national championship. I was there in 2002 to 2005. Was that Zook? Yep. Ron Zook. Oh, that's tough. Billy Donovan. Yeah. But the basketball team was good and the baseball team was good. So it was, it was all right. <laughs> like what's the, is it mostly like up there in Midland? Is it mostly, is it a Michigan state stronghold? Is it kind of totally up in the air with central Michigan, Michigan state university of Michigan, or is it, you know, what's the, there's a, there's a, it's surprising. There's a, there's strong contingent of Michigan state fans. There's a strong contingent of university of Michigan fans. But it's it's really the smaller colleges where they recruit a lot of people. Okay. Right. You you so you get a lot of a lot of folks that are from Central Michigan, but you get a lot of people that are like from Delta College as their alum, right? Or Sam Houston State. They recruit from some places down in down in Texas because they know that they can pull people into the Houston area as well. But yeah, I think Michigan, Michigan State, it's kind of equally divided up there. But then you get a lot of people like me, right. Who came out of Indiana. I, I know when I first went to Dow, I was in treasury and my group, there was, uh, always this battle. It was mainly in basketball because Indiana doesn't compete in football, but in basketball, we would always have kind of this rivalry between Michigan, Michigan state and Indiana. God, I'll have, you know, Indiana football is on the come up. Probably more so. Than I know, I know last year, <laughs> exactly. Last year they were they were a force to be reckoned with, right? Uh-huh. As far as Exciting. outside of Dow and just the, the wider population of Midland though, it's gotta be more Michigan State fans, right? Uh I don't I don't know that it is to tell you the truth, right? I think that the people who are more affluent and more educated in the area. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and it's true. Like when you think of a lot of these small towns, there's a lot of people who don't go to, who may not go to college, who are in the trades. Right. And they don't follow college sports. And they don't follow colleges at all. Right. They're not, I mean, they're, they're, I knew some that were very, very affluent. Right. Cause they, they work for Dow or they, they contract with Dow or they contract with some of the major um, employers there. But I thought you were um, going to say all the Michigan fans are just rich and smart and the Michigan state no. fans are not. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Man, you're such an elitist. No, I thought that's where he was going. I, I was no, getting no, excited. No, uh, no, no. no. Uh, you said your wife and you guys like to eat. Do you, do you remember some of your favorite restaurants around Midland Bay City? Uh, there, there weren't many when we were there. So the, the, a couple of places shut down. There was an Italian place. I'm trying to remember what it was even called, but they had live music. And, it, and so you'd go in there and it was like this lady singing, right? And they had a kind of a little band that was playing. It was great. And that closed. Mm. Um, but they've, there's, they've kind of invested in the community. Now there's a place called Molasses that actually has pretty good barbecue. 
right? You'd be surprised. I, I was kind of surprised they wouldn't have better barbecue. There's a place called Molasses. That's pretty good barbecue. There's this place called Grazi that's kind of new Italian, right? We would eat it at wine quite a bit. Wine had, they, it's mainly like a tapas menu because you, you go in there to drink wine, right? And But they had some like um, little appetizer plates that you could get. So we would get a bunch of appetizers and eat, eat at wine. Um, there's a new hamburger joint that's called like the Midland Burger Company or something, right? And it's pretty good. Uh, it was It was good. Right. But a lot of times we wanted to eat, we'd go to uh, like, eat like kind of high end. A lot of people will eat high end also at like, um, there used to be the table, but now there's cat cat that closed. They'd eat at the country club, right? The country club has a pretty good menu. Um, and then cafe zinc, right. Is, is downtown that they would have a pretty good, it had some food that was pretty good, but we would drive to grand rapids. Grand rapids has a lot of good food. Ann Arbor of course has a ton of good food or up to Traverse city and grab some good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm deep down a wormhole here of, uh, of Alden B. Dow, the, the, uh, architect. <laughs> yeah. His, yeah. H. H. Dow's son. I think I wasn't it? I mean, mid-century modern architecture in Midland is big. Cause that was kind of, he was a Frank Lloyd Wright contemporary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, and or, so, or a, uh, a, uh, it looks like he, he apprenticed with him for, for a brief time and then, and then kind of went off on his own. Right. Yeah. So, so he, the, the Alden B. Dow house is there in Midland. You can tour that. It's right by the Dow, Botan- the, the Arboretum, right. The Dow gardens and Arboretum, which Dow gardens is fantastic. They've got a tree, a canopy walk. That's better than the canopy walk at, uh, Q gardens in England, right. In my opinion, but, uh, and they, and it's relatively new that Arboretum is not as good, but the canopy walk is better. Right. But Alden Dow, and you see a lot of his architecture through the community, right? Like we looked at a house that we really wanted to buy that was mid-century modern. And there's a lot of mid-century modern architecture in, in the community, right? You can find that in the area, right? So there is some, some interesting architecture you know, yeah. even spread spread through the community. I'm reading here too, that he, he designed the town of Lake Jackson uh, down in, was that Texas or Louisiana and Texas? Yeah. And he did not believe in, uh, in straight streets. So he felt that winding roads would provide something <laughs> of surprise around each turn. I don't know if that's a, a uh, you know, a good surprise or a bad surprise, but, and then, and then the Midland, street, the right? forgiven, look at the, uh, whimsical names. Uh, this way, that way, circle way, winding way, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who's in the service industry hates that guy, right? They've got to find a house that's on any way road, right? And it doesn't go kind of in a straight direction. God, I gotta, I gotta, look, the, <laughs> but, I gotta look this map but, up in this place. But Midland, Midland is different, right? Like Lake Jackson might wind all over the place, but Midland is pretty on a grid. It's north, south, except for the old part of town, which kind of runs northeast, southeast, southwest, or northwest to southeast, right? Yeah. Uh, So going back to botanical gardens, what is, you know, you referenced, uh, you referenced the National Botanical Garden. Uh, What power rank, like what are the best botanical gardens in the world you've been to? Oh, so I haven't been to, I haven't been to some of the best ones, right? I haven't been to Callaway Gardens in, in Georgia, which I'd like to. That's among the best. But, I've been to Callaway Gardens like five times. I had no idea that, that was one of the best ones. I, I think it is, right? I think it is. So the, one, the best ones that I've been to, some of the best ones that I've been to are Bouchard Gardens in Victoria, BC. Okay. That's a great one. 
Uh, I really like Longwood Gardens in Pennsylvania, up by Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia. St. Louis Botanical Garden in Missouri, fantastic, right? Um, the National Arboretum in Washington, D.C., you can see things like a dove tree. I mean, I don't know where you're going to see a dove tree anywhere else in the world, right? <laughs> but that's, that's a cool place to go, and it's where a lot of the tourists don't go because it's not something that they, it, they would recognize, right? Um, there's a, there's a, a Japanese botanical garden at Golden Gate Park in San Francisco that's great, right? That's a, that's a cool garden. Um, Dow Gardens is, is really up there, right? It's, it's pretty good. Um, and Kew Gardens, we went to London. Kew Gardens is fantastic. There's a garden in South Africa that I went to that was, um, I think it's, it was interesting to me because a lot of the, the, the flora and the fauna in, in South Africa is unique to that area of the world. And so you see things there that you can't see in other parts of the world, right? But, but I would say if I had to power rank those, I would say Q is my favorite, followed by um, probably Bouchard Gardens. Uh, I, I just have a lot of good memories of the St. Louis Botanical Gardens, so I'd put that maybe third. National Arboretum, Longwood Gardens, and then maybe Dow, Dow Gardens. Right, so. Love it. I'm a dove tree. Never, never heard of such a thing. Fascinating. Yeah, cool, huh? Yeah. That's a total St. Louis homer, though. St. Louis has the best trees, <laughs> the best trees in baseball. St. Louis fans. has the best trees in baseball and best fans. Unfortunately, yeah, they they're uh, a little struggling a little bit right now. But uh, I've been a Cardinals fan for a long time, and I always ping Phil at the beginning of every every, every baseball year. Right, I know he's a Cincinnati homer. Of I course. keep trying to recruit him. What, Keep trying to recruit him. What what got you most jazzed when you were an arborist? Like like what did you love most about just trees? So I was at Florida doing kind of bio, studying kind of the biomechanics of trees, right? So I I put an airboat up on top of these concrete piers and blew blew trees around and tried to learn about how they responded in windstorms, right? And so just looking at how trees are put together and how they grow and how they respond to mechanical stress. That was, that was pretty cool to me, right? Especially because, you know, when I was an arborist and actually climbing trees in Kansas City, they had one of the worst ice storms in history. And, um, you know, it's was, it was kind of cool to see how things kind of broke apart, right? And how they were held together and what caused them to, to fail. And, and so I, I think it was probably the, the mechanical structure of trees that I think is most interesting to me, right? I mean, if you think about it, a tree will lay down wood based on its its the, the stresses that it gets and somehow it has to remember through time, the kind of pressure that it's had because it lays down wood based on kind of a time series of, 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 of physical stress, right? Mechanical stress, like being blown around or having ice storms or, you know, ice, ice load or snow load. Yeah. Somehow it remembers and it says, Hey, I, I need to lay down wood proportional to the stresses that I've had over the past year. And I'm going to, and I'm going to put down, you know, build, build my xylem to, to compensate for that. <laughs> I, all right. So, so do you, do you believe that the trees, trees can feel, I mean, in that, in that sense, they can, right? Yeah. Do you get into the hidden life yeah, of trees? It depends on, it depends on what you're like, is a tree going to scream? I, I, I don't think a tree's going to scream. Like if I, I've, I've put a chainsaw to a lot of trees and I don't think I was hurting them per se. Right. But they do respond. They respond really interesting to, 
to to damage. And so I think they do feel right. They if you if you think of feeling as a kind of a biochemical response to injury or to you know some kind of stimulus, then yeah, they absolutely feel. Have you read right? the overstory? You know, Phil, I knew you were going to ask me that and I have not read it. It's on my list and I still have the text that you sent me like a year and a half ago. <laughs> have you read the overstory? And I'm like, no, it's on my list. You so must no, have a I'm going to read the overstory. You must have a long no, list I, or a lot of kids. One of the, one of the, one of the two. It's the latter. Yeah. I've got, I've got five. They've, <laughs> they keep me hopping. I, I, so arborist are, is, is arborist just trees or is that, uh, you know, other sorts of plants as well, like bushes or vines or, or, you know, crop. It, it, yeah. It's primarily ornamental trees, right. Or ornamental. Cause if you think about, if you think about like forestry, forestry is trees, right. But it's more uh, a forest ecosystem and it's more like lumber production. Arborist is more an ornamental tree. So you might work with a homeowner or you might work with a community, right. And say uh, like a, an HOA, or you might work with uh, a city, right? A city arbor. So you're working, you're looking at more than the ornamental impacts of, of trees, but it, it encompasses everything from like, we're going to plant trees at our hospital so that the patients can have a better treatment experience to, I'm going to plant trees along this street so that I can, you know, provide, encourage um, shopping to, I'm going to plant a tree at my house because I want to something in my front yard. That's not, you know, that my kids can climb. So it, it kind of encompasses a lot of different things. So it's kind of, but it's basically a, a type of horticulture. It's like a subset within horticulture that is specific to trees. It's not bushes. It's not, you know, no, we would treat bushes and vines, you know, it's everything. It's everything that's not turf in okay. your landscape, basically. Right. If, yeah, pretty much. Interesting. But it's, but it's ornamental, right? It's, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not big forest. Richard Naskali at the University of Idaho. Moscow. Yeah, he's a Moscow. Moscow. Guy too. Scott, Ma, just, I'm a vandal. Scott's an I'm onion. A vandal. You just keep peeling back the layers. He's got. I'm, I know. Been everywhere. I, no, I haven't been everywhere. But I mean, like, I don't know how this is at all interesting to anybody who's listening to your podcast. They're probably gonna. They've probably turned it off about you know, I don't know how long ago, but. I'm a vandal. And when I went to school at the University of Idaho, there was a, there was a professor there, an old botany professor named Richard Naskali. And he was really into um, like taxonomy primarily. But uh, he started the, the University of Idaho, Idaho Arboretum. And it's a kind of a cool place too. But one of my faculty professors recommended that I go get a job there. And, and so I did. And he gave me a job. And ah, man, he gave me Bob Trepepe, Richard Naskali, those are the two guys that I, and Trepepe was a Cleveland Indians fan. So I used to ping him all the time about the Indians at the start of every season. But now it's just, uh, Naskali died a few years ago, unfortunately, and my wife never got to meet him. But yeah, those are the two guys that got me into arboriculture. And then, and Johnny, you spent a ton of time at the Kibbe Dome. I was going to ask the Kibbe Dome. That's uh, the Vandals, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's great about the Kibbe Dome is when they're not playing, you can actually go in and use that turf, right? It's it's kind of like in Pullman, and Pullman was only eight miles away, so you could even go over to Wazoo and you could you could get on their field. You could play. You could do a little dorm scrimmage, or you know, 
it was kind of fun. It was a fun place at the time. What was that? Is, is that the Battle of the Palouse that they call that? It is the Battle of the Palouse. That's right. Ah. The Palouse is the is is great place. If you haven't been to Northern Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, Moscow, right? Uh, that's a great place to go. Yeah, what a what a what a rollicking. Uh... We've done HEB, we've done <laughs> Midland, we've done, you know, yeah, sorry. the Thumb, we've done now Northern Idaho, Eastern Washington. What a... The source, you even tell me the source of that yellow light is from Bad Axe. I love it. Yeah. The origin, the, the birthplace of the, of the yellow, the, the yellow traffic light. Um, gosh, TC, what it was, I, should we, should we put a bow on it right there? Anything else you want to ask Scott about? Uh, I've had a chance to look it up. Taxonomy is what? Is that how to classify stuff? Plants, yeah. Okay. Yeah, plants, animals. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically saying, all right, they're in this gene or this species, this phylum, yep. all that stuff. That's right. Yep, exactly. Gosh, what a what a world that I just don't think anything of, but it's <laughs> yeah, fascinating, huh? I think they just discovered maybe a new species of. Um or a predecessor to the homo sapien. I I'm sure Scott, you were all over that. Did you read about that? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. This is where, this is where you, when we would come to school, you would pull out stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I gotta go read about this. Right. So I'd catch you, you know, whenever, whenever we were there and after I left the breakout room, I'd, I'd go read about, about the new species of homo sapien. Randy, he, he's into the flora, not the fauna, man. Yeah, oh, that's exactly right. Scott and I used to spend a lot of time talking about, uh, well, the aftermath of the Great Recession. We we kind of caught the <laughs> the tail end of the the Great Recession, so we we had many uh, economics discussion, which I treasured. Uh, Scott, let me ask yeah. you this: Did you think that Randy uh, on the on on the back end of of getting his MBA, did, did you think Randy was going to last long with? McGladry and, and, you know, going back into, uh, you know, the, uh, consulting advisory, uh, professional services space. I think that was, uh, that was an olive leaf to his dad. Right. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have a job coming out and, you know, his dad had, had worked hard to help him. And he's like, I, you know, I know this, I hate it. I, I thought I thought he was going to either die there within a few years, or he was going to leave and find something else. I'm glad he left. Right, Other, the world would have been less. Scott could tell you. I think I made the the placement office at IU pretty nervous with my uh, with my lack of action. <laughs> I did work in graduate career services, and I know there were many discussions around Phil Landis at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, we would come in, and his name was on the board, the whiteboard. Right. Along with maybe like maybe one other. Right. It, but it rotated. It was always Phil, think, like one other that would rotate. I, I think they that. wanted to bar me from some of the surveys because I was going to drag down all the averages. <laughs> <laughs> but little did they know. Uh, yeah, yeah, pro, pro trash holdings. You know, right. I can I can write a write a letter of recommendation that we that we we gainfully employ a, a Indiana business school graduate. And, yeah, and he's worth his weight in gold. Yeah, and we're all super proud of Big Randy. Yeah, well, that's very nice. Just of you to so say. glad we can be connected to you. Well, when we used to send those entrepreneur, you know, breakout, oh, who who would have ever thought? You know, 
I thought we were just all goofing around because none of us knew what we wanted to do. Which I Dr. guess we K's were. lightning bolt. Yeah. Dr. K's lightning bolt struck that guy right there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally missed me, but yeah, he's, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. We're and kudos to you, Tron. I mean, you guys have done a great job with no laying up. I, I, I have to admit, I, I enjoy following you guys. So it was funny. The, the, uh, the entrepreneurship department, uh, or, you know, sub, uh, sub department of the business school at Miami university, which I, I didn't even get into the business school. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't pass calculus or I was just stubborn. I just didn't go to class with calculus. I hated it. And, uh, they, I they relate, yeah. something on LinkedIn the other day. I hadn't checked my LinkedIn and, in oh, you know, right. ages. Oh, really? Yeah, they, ta- they tagged us. They're, you know, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're going to be hitting us up for donations here pretty soon. But, <laughs> they are buttering us up. Yeah. yeah. So Oxford, Oxford is a great town. Miami university is a great place. I used to do some work up there when I was an arborist, right? Mm-hmm. I removed some big, some big ash trees out of the cemetery there in o- Oxford, Ohio. How about right, that? So. How about that? Yeah. Well, Scott, this has been a, a real treat. I think, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I can't imagine if we, we left any stone unturned about I guess last Midland, question, Michigan. Did you go to the LPGA event? I haven't because it Dow really became the sponsor kind of just before COVID. Right. Okay. And they started having that event just before COVID. And so I didn't make it up to some of the first events and I haven't been able to travel. You know, I didn't travel after that, but I do want to get up there. I've played the Midland country club a number of times and I would love to see what they've done with it, especially for the event. I didn't realize it just, it just popped up in 2019. Well, good on them for like, you know, even, even, Throwing a new event there on the schedule here over the last couple of years. That's fantastic. And, yeah. and taking a, taking yeah. a risk with the format, you know, it's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. Um, I hope the Cardinals lose every game from here on out, <laughs> but I wouldn't think any less of you. Yeah. From you. But yeah. Thanks for having me. And, and hopefully it was uh, somewhat entertaining. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who